five, four, three, two, one, go. You're only supposed to blow the bloody doors off. Good morning, welcome everybody to the gated community. No, I didn't put the heating on last night. Bloody cold, wouldn't it? Cold this morning. I'd take my son to the railway station first thing this morning. And then the cars. Oh, by the way, I'm Ronnie Barber. This is uh, live from the gated community. Ronnie Barber in small doses, and you can get in touch with me whenever you like, whenever you feel like it. Yeah, I had to uh, take the car for its MOT and service this morning. I've never, seriously, I've never ever passed an MOT. Even with a newer car, I never pass MOTs. There's always a wee thing to be done and it's usually something they have to order the part and 200 quid later, we're away. So what have I got for you today? Well, I've got loads of stuff. But the reason I played Michael Caine there was the fact that he's announced he's officially retiring at the age of 90. Because he said that the parts he's getting are for people of 90 or 85. So he's, he's, he's calling it a day. So I've got a lovely clip of him and accepting an award. Yo, Spice, man, man, no, off. Uh, that wee bam, uh, Grant Sharp. Do you remember him? Yeah, he's the defence secretary. Can you believe it? I wouldn't let him have the remote control for the telly. Anyway, he got his arse handed on a plate by Michel Hussein on Radio 4. I've got my... Uh, do you remember? Do you remember? I've got that as well. Starmer's had a glitter bounce. Did you know that? Yeah, Starmer. Hey, we could, remember when he had the glitter at the uh, Labour Party conference? Apparently that's what from. The, uh, the voters like a man with glitter. Especially when the surprise with it. Wee Rishi, our wee Rishi, oh, that wee boy, he's been out meeting people. He's been out meeting the people to sell that he's part of the people. We are the people. Uh, he's been out and meeting them and... Oh, they're all white people of a certain standing in the community, if you see what I'm saying. Oh, I've got another thing I talk about. Crabs as well. Yeah, I've got to talk about your crabs. Uh, and uh, Billy Conley, this is great. That's a great news. Uh, Billy Conley, um, you know, he's getting to that age as well. Uh, he's talking about uh, what he wants in his gravestone. I love this. He's revealed that he, says he wants uh, on his um, gravestone, you're standing on my balls, etched on his gravestone. <laughs> in tiny writing, uh, the eight-year-old biggin said he wanted the writing to be in tiny wee letters so people had to get up close before realising what it said. What would you put? Well, I, we did something on the radio about this, about uh, what would you have in your gravestone? I said, open other end. Uh, Spike Milligan's famously said, uh, I told you I was ill. Oh, I've got a wee film clip for you as well. To Can you name that film? Have I loaded it up? Oh, I hope I've loaded it up. I think I've loaded it up. Yeah, I've got it loaded up. Is it in there? 
Yeah, okay, well, I'll put it in there for you now. Uh, yeah, uh, name that film, but a genius for me, by the way, by the way, so you don't get away with you know, your cheap radio here. What else have I got? Uh, the uh, um, passive-aggressive notes. Oh, I'll tell you what I watched last night, uh, or I watched all day yesterday, was Maxine. You know, Maxine, uh, it's, it's about the soul murders. Um, not, you know, it's one of those things you, you watch and you think, oh, it's so close to home. I was on the air when that happened. I remember everybody sort of, uh, sort of, uh, uh, we were doing, I was doing breakfast and we desperately were looking for these two lassies in the Manchester United strips. And we uh, we tried to, you know, that whole thing, but it, but it was fascinating watching what was going on behind the scenes. Guten Tag, Andrew. Good morning, Carol. Good morning, Benny. Uh, how's the brass monkeys this morning? And crabs, we need to bring back crab racing. I think so too. Mind you, a guy I got in the... Uh, um, uh, Dave, uh, I forget his second name, but he got crabs when he was in the RAF. I don't know why I said that. Um, I want to talk about buying half a... And I also want to talk about the uh, the worst waste of time. And in fact, let me talk about this now because it came up... Uh, me and my big sister, my big sister's thinking about uh, uh, doing, you know, uh, coming down with the grand, her grandkids, were well, my nieces and nephews, isn't it? He's talking about coming down to London and seeing the sights. And I said, all right, what are you thinking? He said, well, Buckingham Palace and Madame Tussauds. I said, what? She said, yeah, Madame Tussauds. And I suddenly had a flashback when we went to Madame Tussauds when the boys were wee. What a waste of bloody money that was. It was a nightmare. It was a complete waste of money. We queued up to get in, and then you wander around looking at wax dummies. There's no interaction at all. It's just watching people and saying, oh, that looks like him. That doesn't look like him. That's a bad wax mold. I want them melting. It was the longest two hours of my life. So it was. It was terrible. So I tried to convince them don't go, but I think they'll end up going. Go and queue and see people who are... Wax models. Uh, Boba Job as well. Do you remember Boba Job? Uh, Paul McCartney was talking about Boba Job uh, this weekend and how he used to love doing Boba Job. And he was saying that, uh, you know, you could round and do a job. I thought, I used to do Boba Job as well. But how dangerous was that? We were knocking on people's doors and asking to do some jobs around the house for them. Complete strangers. Aye, in you come. Cut my back grass there, by the way. Anyway, let me get you a wee bit of a... What should we do? Oh, let's... I'll tell you what, just in memory of... Uh, not in memory. He's still alive. He's still alive. Uh, the great uh, Michael Caine. Uh, getting an award. Um, who's that noise? Oh, it's a plane. It's very busy over the road at Mildenhall and Lake. And you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, say no more. Um... Michael Caine accepting an award. I always acted out of, behaved out of fear because I never believed that I was ever going to be a success in this business. So I used to take every script that came in. And so I made a lot of crap. And a lot of money. <laughs> so now I have enough money to be artistic and wait. 
Love that. Michael Kane. I hope they get him another uh, another role, don't you? Right then, uh, our wee boy, our wee Grant. He's been out and about talking to ordinary people. It's part of his thing. He's a charm offensive, and he is offensive. Um, it's a charm offensive. He's going to meet people and, and have a cup of tea with them. Uh, so they're people of a certain economic thingy, and there might even be conservative voters. I don't know. But he wants to go and meet the... Uh, the get, them, get in touch with the people. See what they're talking about so that he can find out, ooh, I need to do my policies. Uh, so he meets up with a group of people uh, in a coffee shop. Uh, and there's one weird noise he makes at the end of this. <laughs> hello, hello. Hello, how are you? I'm Rishi. Hello. We'll get some tea in a minute. And how was your five-point plan going? Brutally honest, how many of you have picked up that I've got these five priorities that I'm trying to focus on? No, I haven't. No? Yeah. What do you think they should be if someone well, was going to have some priorities? What I think they should be is I think they should be obviously sorting out the NHS, yep. um, immigration and the quantity of illegal immigrants coming yep. into the country. There's a big other one. Yeah, what is, what's probably the, the biggest economy. issue? The economy, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> She wasn't going to say the economy, and that's his thing. But he's talking to them. He's talking to ordinary people, but that noise at the end. The economy, right? Yeah. What's that? Right, yeah. The economy, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know what, you kids on the street, uh, it's economy. Yeah, right, yeah. All right. Uh, let me give you now this. Uh, no, I'll play the Sharps thing a wee bit later on. Shall we do the Sharps thing later on? Yeah, we'll do the Sharps thing. Um, couldn't sleep last night, so I started writing things uh, up. I got up in the middle of the night and, yeah, I do. Uh, I got up in the middle of the night and I wrote down some uh, Scottish films. Oh, by the way, Scotland have, uh, you know, made it to the Euros next year. Oh, yeah, Scotland, we'll be there for the, certainly the qualifying groups. Don't know if we'll be there much longer after that. Uh, Scottish film clubs. Here we go, then. Are you ready? Uh, the Scottish film club. I, Claudius. I, Claudius. A bridge too far far. Lookers, lookers, who's talking? Loch, Stock and two smoking barheads. Barheads in Glasgow, by the way. The 39 steps outside the skirts of Glasgow. And the Kilwinning Fields. The Kilwinning Fields, that's uh, Kilwinning in Ayrshire as well. And that's what I did last night, ladies and gentlemen, when I was waking up, uh, waiting to... Well, I just was waiting to wait, not to get up for to go and... You know, I had all that stuff to do. I had to take people to railway stations. Uh, right, let me do some uh, All Our Yesterdays. Uh, yeah, want some, uh, let me see, where, where's my music for that? There it is, good. All right, all right, here we go. Do you remember today you'd be into barbers as a wee boy and you'd hear uh, the hairdresser, the barber, say to uh, your man, would you like something for the weekend? Turns up, turns out, it was condoms. And it was only very later on in life. I was never asked if I wanted something. I must have had that look about me. But it was, uh, someday, the barber started selling condoms, but they only sold them for the weekend. I never worked that out. And guess what? Lava lamps. Lava lamps are 60 years old. Have you got a lava lamp? Yeah. Lava lamps are 60 years old, folks. 
didn't they used to explode? They knew it would overheat or something. Didn't they used to cause some kind of fire risk? They were great days, lava lamps. You still get them 60 years on. They were fascinating to watch. I don't know how you made them. And do you remember uh, um, how you'd made decisions? You know when you're trying to pick a team of football, you had to get who's going to be the first to get, who got first choice. And it was uh, one potato, two potato, three potato more, five potato, six potato, and you did that one. And then the other thing we used to do was heel toe. You'd actually put your heel toe, they would, and you'd meet the other person, and whoever's foot overlapped that, they get first choice. Carol's just reported in, she says, yes, I live about three miles away from Milden Hall. Yes, activity is very worrying. I think you're going to see a bit more activity very soon, my darling Carol. Yes, you are, because it's going to get a bit hotter, you know where. Um, what was the other one? Uh, I was going to do this one. Uh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, the other theory I've got, you know, I come up with theories, I like these theories, um, that dictators... Uh, have weird hairstyles, have you noticed? Think of Mussolini, think of Hitler. Boris Johnson's hair, it's, wasn't it? It's a bit weird. The people, Kim Jong-un, you know, the wee boy from uh, Korea. Now, in Argentina, they've got a guy called Wolverine. That's his nickname, because he's got uh, long side breezer boards and a, a, a sweep over. You know, they cover up in the top, he's got one. And his nickname is the Wolverine. And, he, and and look at Trump. Look at Trump's hair. So that's one for the pub for you. So, you know, when you're out and about and people are, you're bored about talking about things. Do you see, have you noticed, Lee? This is a public service thing, by the way. Oh, yeah. Uh, have you noticed when, uh, you know, dictators usually have dodgy hairstyles? Mussolini. Uh, some of the Russian ones are, but well, look at Putin. He has no hair. And I think that's half the problem, which would actually get you around to thinking that if this is uh, dictators, if they had decent hairdressers, we wouldn't have the world problems we've got, would we? We are nothing. We would be nothing like that. Oh, hang on. <coughs> phone call come in. Okay, let me just do that. Hello. Oh, hello, is that you, Ronnie? Oh, God. yeah. Is is that Jeff? It's Jeff here. Yeah. What can I do for you, Jeff? Yeah, I had a very nice time. Yes, thank you very much. I watched a bit of rugby and things like that. Yeah, uh, what did you do this weekend, Jeff? Well, I, I watched some rugby as well, but I didn't see Scotland playing, Ronnie. They they didn't make it to the um, the quarterfinals. They didn't make it. Uh, there was a, oh, they they actually oh dear. What not? What had actually happened is that they'd um, they hadn't booked the right plane, uh, and they had to come oh, back. Right. They had to come back early because their plane was oversubscribed, you know, overbooked. So they had to come back early. They would have stayed. They were quite happy to stay. Yeah, well, you got to win some games, Ronnie, to be able to stay, haven't you? But anyway, listen, I heard you say you've not slept very well, Ronnie. So sorry about that. And you've been, you, you were look, you're looking for Scottish. I've got a Scottish film for you, Ronnie. It, it, it's a classic. It's it, Free Willie Johnson. Yes. You remember him? <laughs> I do remember William Jones. Yes, that 
No, he wasn't a drug dealer. He, he, he just liked Lucas. He had or something like that. Free, free, uh, yeah, right, Ronnie. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a t- that, special sauce. That's a special sauce, Ronnie. That's a topical one, by the way. You've double whammy, do you've done. <laughs> Free Willie John. That's very good, Jeff. You should maybe think about getting into radio or something like that in the future. No, no, Ronnie, it doesn't pay. There's no money in radio, they no, said. Not- hey, you know, I'm, ach- I'm a bit achy this morning. I don't, I don't know about you, right? I'm aching. Yes, why is that, Jeff? Well, I was running yesterday, Ronnie. I don't know if you saw in Peterborough. Oh, it's yes. The Eastern run. Yes. Oh, yes. Very good. Fantastic. So many people. So many people out there. Oh, wonderful to see that. Dress. Oh, yeah. wonderful to see that level of activity in Peterborough. It's lovely. It's, it, it filled my heart up a wee bit. What are you trying to say, Ronnie? That Peterborians are fat knackers? No, no. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying it's lovely to oh. see. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, it was lovely. Thousands of people out there, right? And all the runners, you know, in the fancy dress. And uh, it was. Uh, and I, 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 you know, I went past some people. There was a bloke there, and he was running as a as a goalpost. And I kid you not, Ronnie, it was. He had a goalpost around his head. Right. There was another woman running running as a tent. I, I don't I went as I went as Queensgate car park, Ronnie. You know, wrong. I know on so many levels, but you know, I did, I did, I did, you know, I did, I did finish you. Shoe on that one. In. I, I, I did finish. I, I finished well, Ronnie. I did. Did. did you finish well? Did you? Yes. I did, but unfortunately, right at the end, I fell over, Ronnie. Did you? Oh so no! I, 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 oh, I, yeah. That's so that's so sad, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I came down like a ton of bricks because I was dressed as a carver, and I went down like a ton of bricks. And uh, <laughs> and, and I've, um, I've had to go to the doctors this morning, Ronnie. Right. Yeah, that's so serious. Yes. Yeah, no, it is serious. I can barely move my arm, Ronnie. I, I really, oh, you know, oh. just just lifting it, like, just lifting it that high. I know you can't see, but you can imagine. You know, you know painting pictures, Ronnie, painting pictures. Yes, yes. I can only lift my arm that high. So I've been to the doctor this morning, and uh, he, he says, he says my, my arm, yesterday I broke it. I, I, I broke it in two places yesterday, Ronnie. All right, yes, yes. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Warrington and Paston. <laughs> Thank you, Jeff. You can take part in the phone in as well. Uh, still to come, yeah. I've got my. Uh, what's the film? Uh, Andrew says Keir Starmer's hair looks like Max Headrooms. It does a bit, doesn't it? So does Rishi Sunak a wee bit. Now, would you like to hear that wee bam, Grant, Grant Sharps? You know Grant Sharps? That wee, you know, he's the defence secretary. Um, he's on. Um, he's on uh, Radio Four. Oh, I forgot this singing it. Um, he's on Radio Four with Michelle Hussein, top interviewer, top interviewer. And um, he's, there's a, a thing about the BBC not calling Hamas terrorists, right? There's this whole thing, and it's it get taken over in this interview, and it becomes a thing that Grant Shapps is really annoyed about the BBC about for not calling Hamas terrorists. Listen to how this goes. Uh, with uh, when Michel Hussein uh, hands Grand Shapps his arse on a plate. The economy, right? Yeah. Oh, no, 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 that's, that's not the one. Here's Grand Shapps. No, 
not that one. Here he comes. The Israelis are trying to get hold of the Hamas terrorists, who you don't seem to be particularly interested in. And the BBC seems to refuse to call terrorists, even though the British Parliament has legislated that they are terrorists, which is a question I haven't heard the BBC answer yet. Have you not seen any of the coverage on the BBC of the atrocities, the dead, the injured, the survivors? Yes, I have. So how can you say that we're not interested in in those atrocities? Well, I, read, I, I read, I think it was a very unfortunate um, article, I think it was by John Simpson, explaining why, although the British Parliament has legislated a map as a prescribed organisation and the terrorists, the BBC think it's not appropriate to call them terrorists. Are you aware of the Ofcom code and the rules for all broadcasters? Of course. Okay, so you'll know that the Ofcom Broadcasting Code requires that news in whatever form is reported with due accuracy and presented with due impartiality. Broadcasters are not the same as newspapers, and indeed all UK broadcasters stick to the same language around terrorism and these groups that the BBC is. We are not unique in this. So I, I think you are suggesting that whatever group is on the UK's list of prescribed groups at any time that broadcasters should mirror that language? I think it's pretty clear. Um, I said, just been to NATO and seen the, uh, the evidence, seen the videos of uh, innocent people being beheaded and their pinchers being flagged off and taken uh, as hostages. I think it's pretty clear that's terrorist activity and I think it's pretty surprising not to hear they being called that. Now, look, this is a, you know, perhaps a, a subplot to the bigger issue of what's happening in the Middle East, which is why we have provided, uh, I've sent out uh, two Royal Navy ships uh, to provide that, I hope, to deter malign external influence into uh, the area, to monitor, deter, and provide potential humanitarian um, aid. Um, but I think when you return this to Britain and you look at, for example, Jewish schools unable to, feeling unable to open today, it would be helpful if the national broadcaster stuck by what Parliament has legislated, and all broadcasters, spade spade. isn't there isn't there a freedom of the press issue here? I don't know whether you're singling out the BBC and singling out Hamas, or whether you are calling for a change in the Ofcom broadcasting code. I, I was simply pointing out that I had articles on the BBC explaining why they don't think that they need to uh, refer to an organisation that uh, did this most extraordinary animal-like acts at the weekend as terrorists, which is, is what they are. Okay. Hamas, Hamas provide... had carried out, actually just on Hamas itself, it had carried mm. out atrocities before, and yet your government only placed them on the prescribed list in their entirety two years ago. Parliament has done that, and that is therefore the situation. So 11 it years be after a matter, you came to power. But, but, so it shouldn't really be a matter of uh, debate, and it's certainly not for okay, so, um, so, uh, news, so, news so, organisations to change that. Okay, law. so the UK government's language should be mirrored by all UK broadcasters? Well, when Parliament makes a law, that is then a law and the organisation of question of terrorists. We're disappearing down a bit of a rabbit hole here, but I simply make the point that, uh, and many other broadcasters have been asking me about the concerns within the British Jewish community, that it would be reassuring, I would have thought, if the BBC called a spade a spade. And when terrorists act in this way, that uh, there needs to be an understanding that there isn't an equivalence between going after those terrorists and trying to protect the civilian population by providing warnings, which has been the, the subject of the majority of our interview, 
and the way that that terrorist organization themselves act. And I think there's an over tendency to try to make an equivalence between the two and say, well, on one hand is this, but on the other hand is that. But the two are not equivalent in any way, shape or form. And I think it's worth saying that. We will be covering the Jewish schools and the position that they are in in just a few minutes time. Grant Chaps, Defence Secretary, thank you. Oh, nice one, Michelle. Nice one. You've got it. The BBC should follow a government policy. I know it's passed the House of Commons, but it's government policy. The BBC should be reflecting that. That's outrageous. Well done, Michelle. A rabbit hole. It's a rabbit hole he put her down. He was he went down that when complaining the BBC. Not. Oh, that's where we're at, everybody. Hey, what about Jane Fonda? Remember Jane Fonda? Uh, she, many years ago, appeared on uh, Johnny Carson. Johnny Carson were top, he was a night, sh- he, he was a, a must-view uh, show. It was a late-night show uh, with Johnny Carson, and he used to get all the Hollywood guests, based in Los Angeles, Burbank, and he used to get all the guests. Uh, one of his guests one week was Jane Fonda. i got to ask you something. Sure. Last night, my son, uh, you know, you were talking about Zsa Zsa Gabor earlier. Yeah, I think everybody's talking about it. My son's... Said, you know, she was on Johnny Carson's show one time. She came there with a cat on her lap. And she said to you, do you want to pet my pussy? <laughs> and, um, my son said that you said, uh, I'd love to if you'd remove that damn cat. No, I think I would recall that. <laughs> Glorious. Um, right, here's my film. Can you name the film thing, right? This is, I'll give it just a week, bit of fun. Um, uh, like they used to say in The Big Breakfast. Did I say that Scotland's qualified for the Euros? Yeah, okay, fine. I, I, I could never tell. Um, uh, here is uh, a film. Which film do you think it is? I just don't think I can continue to live in a place that embraces and nurtures apathy as if it was virtue. You know different, you know better. I didn't say I was different or better. I'm not. Hell, I sympathize. I, I sympathize completely. What's the film? I better do that. It's what's, I, don't, I don't have a jingle. What's the film you've been listening to? Yeah, you have to tell me the film. Oh, you want to hear it again? Okay. I just don't think I can continue to live in a place that embraces and nurtures apathy as if it was virtue. You know different. You know better. I didn't say I was different or better. I'm not. Hell, I sympathize. I, I sympathize completely. What was the most dangerous thing you did as a child? You know, I was talking about Bob a job earlier on there. What was the most dangerous thing you did as a child? You didn't realise you were in danger. Uh, right, uh, what else have I got here? Oh, pass notes. Oh, yeah, uh, big complaints this morning about uh, Richard Madeley. Yeah, and Susanna Reid. A GMB fan uh, backlash as ITV, uh, ITV viewers beg Susanna and Richard to stop interrupting the guests. Good morning, Britain's uh, viewers. All shared the same complaint during the latest episode. Oh, after Susanna and Richard were accused of interrupting their guests. That's their job. And a lot of the time they get politicians on, you've got to interrupt them because they just go into that mindset of just repeating the thing or five missions or whatever it is. Uh, the presented you woke up the nation on Sunday uh, today, uh, morning warning uh, with the latest news. 
And uh, Conservative Chris, uh, MP Crispin, Crispin Blunt was on. Crispin Blunt is a guy that's actually said that he's really concerned that Britain could get involved with war crimes with what's happening in Israel and Gaza. That, you know, that kind of could be uh, sort of cited for uh, protecting Israel and not protecting the, uh, the people of Gaza, the innocents. And he's worried that that might happen in the, in the human rights court. Uh, speaking via video link, Richard and Susanna spoke to Mr Blunt about Reuters' report that America, Egypt and Israel have agreed to cease fire in southern Gaza, coinciding with reopening of the Rafa border. Then they just kept on interrupting them. And the, uh, the viewers don't like that and interrupt. I used to get complaints all the time. I, you know the biggest complaints I used to get when I was on the radio? Interrupt the weather, interrupt the songs. That was it. And I used to say, well, why would you listen to me? Uh, if you you've, you listen for music, if you want to listen to music, listen to great DJs. Uh, I'm thinking uh, Steve Line. I'm thinking oh, uh, who would be great, Steve? Uh, Steve Line. Uh, um, uh, oh, my mate uh, Tony Fisher. Yeah, it was at Essex. Um, oh, and what's his name? My, my lovely man at Essex as well. He's just finished his show. And yeah, you, you Bernie Case. They all love their music. I love my talk. I just like talking, I like interrupting music. But that was the biggest compu complaints I used to get. Uh, I've got stuff written for us uh, tomorrow. If you want to email me, it's radiobarber at gmail.com. Uh, I've got other stuff here, but I'll keep it. I'll let you know tomorrow and Wednesday um, what uh, the price of the car was as well. And tomorrow, uh, probably about nine o'clock-ish, I'll be putting out the interview. Um, I, I come up with this idea, uh, seeing what's happened to local radio. I come up with this idea of kind of little love letters to BBC Local Radio, the thing, the effects it's had on people I've worked with and loved working with, uh, great producers and great presenters. And it's a love, little kind of homage to BBC Local Radio and the difference it made to our lives. Well, tomorrow, uh, my first guest uh, on that, I, I'm just going to put it out, is, is uh, a lovely lady who worked with me at BBC Radio Cambridgeshire. And she um, supported me uh, on air, off air, and she was a great producer. So I'll put that out about nine tomorrow. Oh, is that all right? Good. All right, you have a good day today. Don't forget, you can email me, uh, radiobarber at gmail.com. You can get me there, um, and you can get me on the Twitter, and you can get me on the Facebook as well. All right. Have a lovely day, everybody. And by the way, get your hands to yourself. <laughs>
Here is failure to communicate.